Auto insurance can all seem the same until it comes time to use it. So don't get stuck paying more for less coverage. Switch to USA Auto Insurance and you could start saving money in no time. Get a quote today. Restrictions apply. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this is After 9 with Scott and Kat. Hey now! Hey friends! How was your weekend, Kat? Oh, uh, weekend was good. I'm sore after this weekend, actually. It was like one of those weekends where I'm... I just did a lot of movements and things, and it wasn't just the shoveling. It was just getting ready. I was hosted a party for my daughter, and, and today I'm sore. Yeah. The shoveling was bullshit. Let me just say that. That was real yeah. heavy, wet snow. I uh, I have a snowblower, and as it turns out, I guess I'm one of the only ones on my street that does. So I did the neighborly thing to do. I went and I did my neighbor, then I did the person across the street, then I did my other neighbor, then I did his neighbor, and then I ran out of gas right before it was time to do my own. That's great. Oh, I shouldn't say I did my neighbor. Out of context, by the way, that was great. I went and I did my neighbor and then I did my other neighbor and I was exhausted. (laughs) (laughs) In all fairness, they're very nice people. I could do worse. But I uh, (laughs) I ran out of gas right before it was time to do my Uh, own driveway. Shit. But that's okay. I borrowed some gas. Can you borrow gas? You, do I have to give that you back? Planning? No, not if you're doing other people's other people's driveway and they're the ones supplying it to you. Like if I had a jerry can in my garage and someone was did my driveway, you can have it. Thank you so much. Right? Well, I thought it was a good thing to do and hopefully other people did as well. That was a lot of snow. We don't typically get 30 centimeters, but that's roughly what it was in most of the area. And uh, mm-hmm. It's great because as soon as you got it off the actual pavement, the sun did the rest and it was good. But wow, was that ever shitty on Saturday morning. I uh, drove to Ohio yesterday to go and see my son. He had a neutral site game against another school and, and it just happened to be in Ohio. Four hour drive. So I drove down to Cleveland this weekend. Cat, Good. Did, did you know you can't buy booze on a Sunday in Ohio? It, it's no, like I didn't know this until you mentioned that you wanted to bring wine back, but you couldn't. I don't understand. So this is a statewide law? Apparently. Here's the thing. And, and I think if you're a longtime listener, you probably know how I personally feel about the LCBO. I think the LCBO should be disbanded. I think this should be private businesses because if there's anything we know about government, They're terrible at running businesses. You see how bad our books are just for the regular shit. When they run a business, it's even worse. Private businesses could do what the LCBO does even better, and the government would still make the same amount of money. Full stop. But we don't. We've got the LCBO. And I'm starting to realize that maybe they're onto something with allowing seven-day-a-week alcohol sales because what they were doing in Ohio this weekend was terrible. The, uh... Actually, I don't even know if it was terrible. Maybe I shouldn't say that. I was frustrated that I couldn't buy wine, but maybe it's a good thing to have one day a week where you can't buy booze. Their selection was incredible. I was at a Target. A Target had a way, way better selection of wine than anything at the LCBO. I'm talking regular LCBO. I'm talking vintages. Target, a regular department store in America, had a better selection, and I couldn't buy any of it. And it was cheaper, too. $9.99 $9.99 for a bottle of Snoop Dogg's 19 Crimes. <laughs> 10 bucks. That's crazy because I think it's like 30 bucks here, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, it goes to show you how much we pay in tax, we first do. and foremost. We do pay a lot in tax. Yes, and, it is. And it's going up again yeah. in uh, just over three weeks. That's right. Well, I, uh, I was impressed with the selection 
impressed with the pricing. That was all good, but I couldn't buy it on a Sunday. And I, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Would mm-hmm. you, would you, if, if let's say Doug Ford popped out of at, at the front door at Queens Park and he said, folks, I think for the betterment of society, you don't need to be able to buy alcohol seven days a week, 18 hours a day. We're going to shut the LCBO down one day a week. It'll be closed on say Mondays. Yeah. Would you support that? I mean, I'm, I don't think that I, it, would, it would be enough for me to get angry about it because you'd know that you have six other days in the week to do it. So you, much like you would during a holiday, you'd find time to do it if you really need it and ask yourself if you really need it and how angry you'll get, it, get over that is kind of a, like if you can get it any other day, I don't know why there'd be an uproar. I don't know why, the, I mean, we would never do that in Ontario because that's government money out of its own pocket, I assume. They, would, they wouldn't do it ever. But uh, yeah, no, I wouldn't be upset. No, I'd just be like, okay, so my days to shop will not include Sundays. I don't ever think I buy alcohol on Sundays. Like unless I'm on vacation, uh, no, it doesn't happen. So I wouldn't care. F to each their own for what it's worth. They don't allow you to buy booze and they had like the caution tape and stuff up. I thought we were going through another COVID lockdown or something where you couldn't walk down certain aisles because you'd catch COVID. I did not know that. Yeah. No, they had the caution tape out, signs up everywhere. What are the odds though that that's the day that you went? You wanted to get some. Fuck. Don't get me started. And then like that just happened to happen to you on that day in that one state where it's not allowed. (sighs) What are the odds of that? I know. I know. Great selection. Great price. Can't buy it though. But I mean, hey, if we did have private retailers that were operating their own alcohol sales, then they could determine, you know what? We're only going to be open six days a week. And you could go around to try and find a place that's open on the offsetting days, or maybe we just don't have alcohol seven days a week. Uh, I don't know what the solution there is, but I do think government needs to get out of the alcohol business. We're going to talk about Chris Rock coming up in just a sec. It was a weird special that he did on the weekend, and we're going to... I liked it. I liked it too, but... I don't think I would call it... Like, it it did get... It was intense. The last 10 minutes were very intense, but it, I didn't, I mean, it was what we were kind of waiting for. Like, didn't we all wonder? And now we know, like, I mean, he kind of gave us everything we wanted. Well, we're going to get to that coming up. Plus we've got the replay of missed connections. First off, I saw a cocaine bear on the weekend. Mm. Three I, weeks later. I, <laughs> I have never, I'm going to repeat this. I have never seen a movie that bad it was just the worst pile of hot garbage i have ever seen in my life to the point where partway through i actually asked myself what the fuck am i watching what is this and i knew that it wasn't a great movie i know they didn't set out to remake avatar or something like that it was a movie about a cgi bear that's on cocaine But picture regular people and an over-the-top CGI, almost like cartoonish type bear that just (laughs) lashes out and kills people and then goes back for another Coke fix. It was dumb. And I don't understand you people that are saying, oh, it was so good. You should go see it. It's meant to be dumb, though. Like, don't you go to see movies like that because it's silly? Because it is silly? Like, I have so many movies I go back and I watch, and I'm going to throw one out there for people who disagree with Scott and and didn't like Cocaine Bear, which I haven't seen, by the way. In all fairness, I haven't seen Cocaine Bear. Strange Wilderness is one that comes to my mind. It is over the top. It is, it's so silly though that it's funny and I've seen it multiple times. So there is room for that. There are people who do enjoy those movies that are, I mean, it's supposed to be far-fetched. You know, it was loosely based on a true story about a bear who 
who did he just died there though like did did the coke that was left over it was a drug cartel situation gone wrong did the coke ate the coke died but this is a totally made up messed up tale about what would have happened if this bear had lived so i think knowing that that's the premise in advance you wouldn't assume it's going to be like spielberg quality I, and and i was expecting a bad movie i really was when i heard it was over the top i picture over the top as like the Naked Gun, Super Troopers, over the top, stupid like that. But I thought, oh, at least it'll be good for a laugh. No, this was bad. It was, I, I, I just can't explain it. I was watching it with my girlfriend and even she looked over at me and said, why are we watching this? Why are we still watching this? It was so terrible that I can't in good conscience recommend it. Having said that, you should totally watch it so you can see just how bad it was. <laughs> I mean, maybe I will eventually. I'm not going to go out of my way, but I absolutely will. When it comes um, to streaming or whatever, I'll, I will watch it just so that I can get a good idea of whether uh, I think it's like far-fetched stupid or I made millions of dollars. I made another $11 million over the weekend, though. I mean, the film's making money. I think that's a- okay. So this is exactly why we need to change the way we do things, i.e. you uh, uh, go into a movie and you pay your money, then you go in and watch the flick. Maybe we've got to change that because of movies like Cocaine Bear. Because if I had gone in and paid money for it, I would have been outraged that I just lost $15 on that steaming pile of garbage. Mm -hmm. It was ridiculous. Maybe you should pay after the movie based on your level of enjoyment. Maybe make Hollywood a little more accountable in that if it's a good movie, you could make up to $20 a ticket. But if it's shit, you're going to get like... Five bucks or something like that just for occupying a seat for two hours. Now, I know that'll no, never fly, but I'm still kind not. of outraged about this movie. It was um, not a lot of story. Interesting premise. That's why I watched it. And I thought this was going to turn into like a, almost like a, a Cheech and Chong, what that is to stoners, what this would be to cocaine heads. But no, there's just nothing redeeming about this movie. Like okay. It was so bad, I'm laughing. Uh, We found out on the weekend from Harry and Meghan that the king's office has reached out to them to inquire about them possibly attending the coronation. Yeah, and I mean, in all due fairness, that's what you do, right? I mean, if you're having an event, whether it's a wedding or a party, you send out an invite because you kind of want to get an idea of the guest list. Now, in this case, I think we all know that they've been invited because they're family. I don't think that we would have... we would have seen a situation where they weren't invited or, or do you think some people assume that maybe they wouldn't be? They just evicted them. Yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't I mean, think it was the kind of thing where, Hey, we're going to kick you out of your house, but come on over for a big party. Yeah. I mean, it is the coronation. It's his dad. I mean, it's still his dad. Right. And that's the thing. I think it's one of those, it's weird. It's a weird situation, but it is still his dad. who's going to be the King. And he spent all of his years of life in this family, you know, I don't know about now. One could question whether or not he's actually in the family. But um, the fact that they have an invitation, I think, is a big deal. And in case you're wondering, they've also said in the statement that they do not wish to disclose whether or not they will be attending at this point. If they attend, though, what an unbelievable distraction that would be. Like, I don't I don't know if they're going to go or not. 
I, not to say that for sure they won't, but in my mind, I'm thinking as of right now, like if the coronation was tomorrow, they probably wouldn't go. But if they did, is it a, even a good idea? Because you'd be so distracted by Harry and Meghan, you wouldn't even be able to celebrate what the actual cele- celebration is supposed to be, if you want to call it that. Like, I don't know if anyone gives a shit because no artist wants to even perform during it. They got Lionel Richie and fucking Ollie Murs performing at the coronation party. Or, plot twist, they're inviting Harry and Meghan because they know, A, it'll help get the numbers up. Everybody's going to watch to see what goes down there and what the body language is like, what the chemistry's like. So that could actually help the coronation if they come. Also, maybe once the the British Hollywood-ish type elite find out, Harry and Meghan are in on this. They're going. Then maybe you get a, a little turnaround and, oh, Look at that. Ed Sheeran's schedule freed up. He'll perform. Oh, Adele all of a sudden wants to perform at the coronation. All that sort of shit. Maybe that's the sort of thing that'll go on. And I also tend to think, based on everything I've seen for the last three years, Harry and Meghan love attention. They love the spotlight. They love being talked about. I don't think they're going to miss this for the world because they know all eyes are going to be on it. It'll be one of the biggest TV events of the year. Absolutely. People are going to watch it. I mean, yes, you're right. Would it build audience? Yes. Do they care about it? Though? Do they even make money off of that? You know what I mean? So I'm not sure if the family actually cares. Like, we should invite Harry and Meghan because then people will show up and people equals money. That's not really the case. It would be more the network that carried it, whoever that might be, BBC initially, I, guess, I suppose. I don't know how it works there. But I don't think... I don't think Kate and William, for example, would be excited to hear that they're going to be attending if they decide to attend. I don't think they and, would either. And I also don't believe that we are going to know until the day of when shit leaks. They're going to fly there the day it happens and not tell anyone what their plan is if they even do it. But again, I don't just, I just at this point right now, I don't see it. But May 6th is still a fair ways away. Yeah, I could totally see them going. And no, I, I don't think. William and Kate would be in favor of this, but Charles has been pretty steadfast and he really just wants a nice, peaceful family existence while he lives out his final days. And again, he's pretty old. So I I have to think he wants Harry there. Harry should be there. Harry was always going to be there until the last three years happened. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say they're going. I think for sure they're going. And I'm really curious to Hmm. see how they choreograph that and make it work. Okay. Over the weekend, we learned a little bit more about what our future is like when it comes to cars. Tesla, I think, has perfected the autopilot technology. They're certainly leading the charge on making it mainstream, safe, user-friendly. But other companies are working on it, too, and they don't get nearly as much attention. Ford had been working on autonomous vehicles, and they announced late last week, we're not working on autonomous vehicles anymore. On the weekend, Ford's CEO was doing an interview, and he talked about the next evolution. Hmm. It's not fully autonomous. It's eyes-off-the-road technology. Listen to this. The bigger opportunity for us, irregardless of the time frame, is eyes-off-the-road on highway driving. We feel like that is such a big unlock for customers. Think about your daily commute and being able to go to sleep in your car or whatever, on a sunny day on the highway, you know, what an unlock that is for customers. We just got more excited about that than, you know, a fully autonomous fleet of vehicles uh, someday in the future. 
I kind of get the impression they were seeing too many roadblocks with fully autonomous. Yeah. Or there was too much liability if something goes wrong or your car needs to fucking reboot at a red light or something like that. I don't quite know how it works, but there is a lot to anticipate. And while Tesla is doing the hard work on that, I think Ford just saw an opportunity to do a scaled back version. So basically what this is, is it's using AI technology. Once your car is on the highway, right now a lot of people do the same thing. They put it in cruise control. And cruise control's really improved because cars, the, the sensors won't allow you to crash into the car in front of you. They'll even slow you down and then speed you back up. They won't allow you to drift out of your lane. That's it keeps right. you in your lane. Mm-hmm. That's basically self-driving at this point. Well, add some AI technology to that. You don't even need to watch the road. You could be working on your laptop, getting shit done, just like all those people that look so miserable on the go train every day. <laughs> <laughs> working away on their laptop, actually on their lap. And and you could you could take a nap. I mean, I think it's kind of irresponsible to suggest that somebody takes a nap behind the wheel. You should always be paying attention. I think so too. But I don't mind the idea of the car as soon as I get on the highway doing its thing while I do mine. And I could probably get a decent amount of work done just on the commute. Think of how much more productive sure. you could be behind the wheel. I know it is. It's it just my question would be when would that even when would law enforcement catch up to that? Because it's all nice to think about. Um, autonomous vehicles or whatever, eyes off the road vehicles. Um, we all know that too that the issue that we would have is a lot of them need to respond to one another. And so they're trying to build that technology so that all cars could talk to one another as well so that they would know in advance when one is turning or whatever. All those things are cool to think about. But when would law enforcement be able to keep up with that? And so, for example, you're driving one of those cars and you could be on your laptop or take a snooze. How the fuck is law enforcement supposed to know who should be doing what? I mean, the law is going to be the law. You're not going to be allowed on your phone. You're not going to be allowed. That was a dumb thing to say out loud. You're not going to be allowed to sleep while you're driving. (laughs) You know, like all those things are still going to be illegal until when would be my question mark. It's not about the technology. I believe the technology is there. I believe the technology will be there eventually. But when does law enforcement kick in? Because as of right now, there's no freaking way this will be allowed on the road for if they brought this car out tomorrow, which isn't the plan. I'm just saying. I think the way they would have to do it is similar to the way they did it with the HOV lanes. So right now, a cop can pull you over if you're driving solo in an HOV lane. However, Mm -hmm. if you've got a green car, uh, I think hybrids count, but definitely uh, fully electric vehicles are allowed to use the HOV no matter how many people are in the car. They have a special license plate that indicates it's a hybrid vehicle or it's an electric vehicle. So I'm thinking that if you've got a car with this special autonomous driving technology, you get a special plate. Cop, Maybe. Yeah. Cop pulls up behind you and sees you on the phone. Oh, no problem. They're allowed. The car is doing its thing. They drive up behind a regular Ontario plate. One of those fucking blue ones that you can't see at night. or <laughs> <laughs> One of the ones that we've returned to. And you're on your phone. Boom. They jam you for a six, $700 ticket. It's expensive, distracted driving now. I don't even want to take a chance because that fine yeah. is getting, it seems like it goes up every month. Yeah, it might. But we are also at the point where as technology does advance, though, there's no excuse for it. There's no excuse for it. If you're driving a really old car, even you have the opportunity to, to be hands-free if you want to use your phone. You know, there's lots of ways. There's no excuses. I agree with you wholeheartedly, and I'm loving this technology. I hope we get it sooner than later, because if I can, like I said, just get a little bit of work done on my way to work or on my way home from work so that when I get home, I can shut down and just focus on the family, I think that's great. Mm-hmm. 
we got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the deal. It go down. It go down in the deal. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Night Racing is back at Richmond Raceway. This spring, top NASCAR drivers like Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott, Bubba Wallace, Ross Chastain, and Virginia's own Denny Hamlin will battle under the bright lights. And this historic track also offers a rocking infield experience with unparalleled access to your favorite drivers and one of the best tailgate scenes around. For a weekend of friends, family, and amazing short track action, head to Richmond Raceway, March 29th through 31st. Get tickets now at richmondraceway.com. Again, coming up, we will have the replay of Missed Connections. But first, let's talk about what happened this weekend. Chris Rock, live stand-up special on Netflix. History. They've never done it before. And it started off like a normal Chris Rock stand-up special. I've seen all of them. I think Chris Rock is amazing. I think he uses the N-word a little too much, but I guess I can't say anything about that. I think that uh, he's a funny guy and a leader and a pioneer and an inspiration to young comedians. But when he got to the Will Smith stuff at the end, I thought, oh, shit, he's going there. Great. It got a little cringy as time went on. You thought so? Okay, so first of all, just to talk about the stand-up special before we hit the Will Smith stuff, um, Selective Outrage is the name of the stand-up special, and that was the theme throughout. Selective Outrage, he gave an example inside the stand-up of you know we're playing we're playing Michael Jackson music and we're still playing Michael Jackson music and that's fine you leave Michael Jackson alone R. Kelly does similar shit but you better not fucking play any R. Kelly songs oh god no but Michael Jackson has better songs so we should still play Michael Jackson songs and it's okay (laughs) right it's okay Um, you know that's kind of the that's the whole point of selective outrage what we're so selective in this society of who we decide to cancel and who we don't and who we let get away with things and who we don't and he makes some really good points in that although there was a lot of laughter around it he made a lot of great points so there was that he also talked a bit about oh some of my favorite moments honestly of the stand-up were him talking about the fact that he spoils his kids yes I know I grew up not with a lot of money at all now that I had money you you bet your ass I'm spoiling my kids but I'm also parenting them properly even though my issues are different in that like my kid skipped out on a night in France with her classmates to go to a bar and got in trouble. You bet your ass, even though that's a different caliber of getting your kid in trouble because they were in Paris on a a school trip and they're getting shit, you better believe I'm still going to be a parent. I went to the school. I said, you fucking expel her because she needs to learn a lesson. And we expelled her from the school together. That kind of thing. So there was there was a lot in there. It's, it's a good stand-up special. I strongly recommend it. In between different things, he was alluding to the slap. So he would say little things now and again. You went, oh, oh, he kind of, oh, he kind of addressed the slap there for a second. Interesting. But it was the last, maybe longer than ten minutes, maybe last twelve minutes or so. That's when he really 
started to address what happened to him at the Oscars a year ago. Y'all know what happened to me, getting smacked by Suge Smith. <laughs> Everybody knows I got smacked at the Oscars by this mother. And people like, did it hurt? It still hurts. <laughs> I got summertime ringing in my ear. <laughs> but I'm not a victim, baby. You will never see me on Oprah or Gail crying. You will never see it. Never gonna happen. I couldn't believe it. And I love men in black. No. It's never gonna happen. No. I took that hit like Pacquiao. Well, that's true. He did. So I didn't know that there's even more of a backstory. I thought the story was Chris Rock made a joke about Jada Pinkett. Will Smith didn't like it. And even though it was months later, that's when the slap happened. But this has actually been going on for a long time. He talks about it a bit in the stand-up, and I don't know if we have this clip, but essentially he he talks about the fact that when he was hosting the Oscars, this was the year that Concussion was released, or the year after, technically, that Concussion was released. And we all remember that there was a lot of Oscar talk surrounding Will Smith's portrayal in Concussion. He did a great job in that movie. For some reason, I I guess Jada Pinkett Smith took it out on Chris Rock and said a bunch of shit about him. Like, uh, why are you hosting this year? You should be not hosting. Basically, to stand up against the fact that Will Smith did not get nominated. I don't know if he was not nominated or didn't win. I don't know what the case was, but Jada was pissed at Chris Rock as if he's the one that fucking decides who wins and who gets nominated or not. But I believe it was more the conversation of stand up for this man, this your fellow, you know, this is a black man. You should be on his side because I think that that's what it was about at the time. I don't remember, like that's fuzzy to me too. And I'm not sure if that was something between Chris Rock and Jada. I don't know. But it it all started from there, and they had a pretty bad relationship, even though he said he never really, it wasn't anything of substance. Like, he couldn't tell you why Jada was that mad at him, really. Again, nothing that that he did personally. Um, But during the stand-up special, he does talk more. We'll get to the Jada thing in just a sec, because he brings up some points that, for me, irked me. And that was that red table talk that Jada and Will had after Jada fucked around with their kid's friend which was messed up. The entanglement, you might remember. We're going to get to that in a sec. Let's just listen a little bit more to Chris Rock. First of all, I know you can't tell on camera, Will Smith is significantly bigger than me. <laughs> we are not the same size, okay? We are not. It's got this guy, Will Smith does movies with his shirt off. You've never seen me do a movie with my shirt off. If I'm in a movie getting open heart surgery, I got on a sweater. Will Smith played Muhammad Ali in a movie. You think I auditioned for that part? (laughs) He played Muhammad Ali. I played Pookie in New Jack City. (laughs) I played a piece of corn in Pootie Tang. He also talked about why he didn't retaliate. A lot of people go, Chris, how come you didn't do nothing back that night? Because I got parents. That's why. Because I was raised. I got parents. And you know what my parents taught me? Don't fight in front of white people. (laughs) Now, that was the very end of the stand-up special, but let's go back just a touch before, and this is what I'm talking about. This is the moment that shit got really real, and he was talking about the real reason why he believed Will Smith attacked him. It really had nothing. It really had nothing fuck. to do. Hang on one sec. It really had nothing to do with Chris himself. 
it was what was going on in Will's life. And this was kind of after this happened, after the slap happened, you might remember for like months, you'd have like specialists be on talk shows talking about this and psychiatrists and shit trying to decipher Will Smith's life, which was for his own psychiatrist or whatever to do. But they would say things like, you know, Will Smith grew up in a bad way and this and that and the next thing. And also what he had been through with his wife. So for those who need the recap, Jada, first of all, there had been rumors that these two have an open marriage for a long time. They never really confirmed that. She basically said he needs to look at himself in the mirror every day and be okay with himself. And then I'm okay. Kind of alluding to, I don't think he's cheating on me, but whatever. So she fully admitted, though, a while back, and I think she got ahead of it at the time, that yes, she had an entanglement, is what she called it, with her son's friend. Okay, her son's friend. That's Will's, Weird. That's Will's son's friend, too. And they fucked around. So that was a weird thing. Red Table Talk, you might remember. That's Jada Pickett-Smith's show. He, she actually sat Will Smith down. And this was, the, I remember this being very uncomfortable because I remember we talked about it at the time. She sat him down. They had a discussion about it. And basically she was asking, how do you feel? Like, how do you feel? Which is a weird scenario to be in. This is Chris Rock talking about Jada and Will. And his wife was fucking her son's friend. Okay. We're not talk about this shit. But for some reason, these niggas put that shit on the internet. I have no idea why two talented people would do something that fucking low down. What the fuck? It, we all been cheated on. Everybody in here have been cheated on. None of us have ever been interviewed by the person that cheated on us on television. None of us. It's like, hey, I was sucking somebody else's dick. He hurt me, okay? Okay? And by the way, he does that shit. Everybody in the world called him a bitch. I tried to call the motherfucker and give him my condolences. He ain't pick up for me. Everybody called that man a bitch. Fucking Charlemagne called him a bitch. And the Breakfast Club called him a bitch. And the View and the Talk and every rapper and, and fucking the drink champs called him a called him a bitch, they called his wife a predator, everybody called him a bitch. Everybody. Everybody. And who's he hit? Me. A nigga he know he could beat. That is some bitch ass shit. See, at that part, it was a little cringy to me. I thought, I, I understand why he's angry and no one can tell him he shouldn't feel angry because he got embarrassed in front of the world. Mm -hmm. I totally understand and I'm not even going to pretend to understand how he felt in that moment, but I understand that he has a right to be angry. It just seems like that was overly personal when he was going off on that part. Like when he was saying, you're a little bitch, he was like, he meant that. He was calling him a little bitch. Yeah, I, I think that the like when Will Smith chose to do what he did in that moment too, we have to remember that Chris Rock was all of a sudden put on display for everybody. And, and people were digging deep on Chris Rock too. So that opened a bunch of can of worms in his own life that he didn't really want opened. People were prying and trying to figure out what happened between the two of them and looking through his history too. It's kind of like somebody else 
writing a book about you over here. Like, I didn't fucking ask you to do that. He punched him and opened up this entire chapter of his life. He didn't fucking ask to be open. Right. So he all those emotions from Chris, too, just came out like word vomit. At least Chris made money off of it. I mean, he's got a great deal going with Netflix and you bet your ass if these streaming numbers are good, which I'm not even sure they're, they've released as we record this podcast, by the way. I, I think it was a good business move for him, I suppose, to wait. Like he said, he didn't want to play the victim, so he wouldn't have shown up on any talk shows and talk about it. That wasn't what he wanted to do. He wanted to do it in his own way. This was it. My question now is, does Will Smith say anything back or does he leave it? It's over. Now you, it's over. You, so you think he should leave it? I think he should leave okay. it. Will Smith. I do like Will Smith, but shut, yeah. the, shut the fuck up. No, you're not going to say another word. And Chris, you got it off your chest. You're done too. This is over. We don't need to keep this shit going now because mm-hmm. frankly, I don't want to hear any more about it. And if I'm reading the room right, I don't think anybody wants to hear any more about it. <laughs> is it uncomfy? <laughs> it's very uncomfortable. Yeah. Chris got that off of his chest. He did it in front of what's probably eventually going to be tens of millions of viewers that watch that stream on Netflix. Great. He got the last laugh, the last word. We're done. If this shit comes up again, I don't know what's going to happen, but it's not good for anybody. And frankly, the one person who can prevent this from going any further at all is Jada. Jada's got to go to Will and say, shut your mouth. What happened between us is between us. You are not going to re-engage with Chris Rock, and I'm pretty confident Chris is done talking about it. Now, if Chris does keep going to the well on this one, trying to get another punchline out of it, then that's a problem for Chris, and I would advise him to shut up too. Everybody stop. I don't want to hear any more. There's got to be some sort of a one-year statute of limitations, and the Oscars are this Sunday. After that, there's no more. Mm -hmm. We're done. I'm wondering if this changed Jimmy Kimmel's plan. Jimmy Kimmel's hosting the Oscars on Sunday, and initially one would believe that there would be some jokes. But at this point, I don't even think he should. No. Like I think that what happened on Saturday night, I agree with you. That's where it should just end. But you know there's probably going to be some lame-ass jokes on Sunday. Yeah. I don't believe Chris Rock will attend or anything like that. But I I could see there being some lame jokes. I kind of hope there aren't. I hope that, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I do agree with you, by the way. I think that Will Smith should leave it. I think Jada should leave it. And sometimes, by the way, because I know there's going to be like a call for reconciliation, Sometimes there just isn't. Nope. Like sometimes there's just things that can't be reconciled. And just because they're both in the public eye, they may cross paths now and again. Maybe they work toward never crossing paths and that's what they're going to choose to do. We don't need to make these two friends. Like I, I think it's okay to just leave it and know that there's bad blood between them and they can be separated. Will Smith can also continue his acting career. He doesn't need Chris Rock's forgiveness to do it. Yeah. So you're, yeah. you're absolutely right. Leave well enough alone. End it now. Everybody got what they wanted out of this. We're done. Yeah. We'll keep acting. Chris Rock, keep being funny, doing stand-up, and I think we're all fine. And leave the other, leave those jokes out of it. Okay, just before we get to the replay of Missed Connections, I know that this is a getaway week for a lot of people because it's spring break, a week from today. Before you go anywhere, just keep in mind, some of the entertainment in the Caribbean is shit. Some of those car rides down to Florida (laughs) suck. Fill up your phone or iPad or whatever with some of the archived episodes of After 9. Maybe some of the ones you haven't heard or some of the ones you liked the most. Fill it up. Get some downloads going and take us with you wherever you happen to be. We'll see you tomorrow with another edition of After 9. Bye-bye. Missed Connections. Missed Connections. On the Scott and Cat Show. Ooh, that time already. Missed Connections. This is an old grocery store edition. 
We're going to read you some stories that people have posted online because they had an encounter with someone and now they can't find them. They're hoping the other person will see that and contact them. Here we go. From what I can tell, this is a woman for a man. It's called The Handsome Man in Brampton Superstore. Steals at Huron, Ontario. It was Thursday, March the 2nd, 7 p.m.-ish, at the Real Canadian Superstore. You, bald, bearded, glasses, earbuds, and ridiculously handsome. Me... It's very descriptive. Me, short, dark hair, robust, wearing glasses. I was touring the store with a tall, lanky man. Just want to let you know it's a coworker and a friend, and that's all. I nearly bumped into you coming out of the end of the aisle. Whoops. Kind of wish I had. We crossed paths again in a different aisle. Well, hello. Holy smokes, you're handsome. And I hope you heard me say it out loud. Oh, dear. So did she tell the guy she was with? Check this guy out. What? <laughs> I feel bad for her coworker. I was with a tall, lanky man. Don't worry about that guy. That ugly loser is just a coworker. He doesn't know, but we're in the friend zone. <laughs> you could have described him a little better. You know what actually has me thinking here? Could you go back and read her description of herself? Sure. Me. Short. Long, dark hair. Robust. Wearing glasses. Who describes themselves as robust? <laughs> Are we doing that now? <laughs> Am I robust? I think I'm robust then. <laughs> tall, lanky young man. I feel like she doesn't know what robust means. I don't know if she does either. I can't tell. <laughs> You're but but short stacked. <laughs> I was in the grocery store. I thought you were hot. Well, and if you notice, by the way, this guy she describes as bald, bearded, glasses, with earbuds. So when you said you thought he was handsome, how loud were you? Because I think he was probably not listening to you anyway or purposely pretending to listen to something. I, I don't know who this guy is, but earbuds in the grocery store? Power move. Power That's move. a great idea. Yeah. I'm going to steal that. That's awesome. Yeah. He's probably on a conference call. Don't we all do that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, no, no, I'm paying attention, boss. I just really need to. We're out of cereal and milk at home, so I got to do that. Sorry, I can't flirt with you right now. I made a meeting. I'm on a call. <laughs> Sorry. By the way, can people? You're very robust. <laughs> You're a robust lady, though. I just want to let you know. I've never seen anyone as robust as you. <laughs> and I love how people assume, like, there's something happening. When she says this, like, we saw each other at the end of an aisle, and then we crossed paths in a different aisle. Well, hello. That's how groceries, you usually go aisle by aisle. Right. That's, it's not like it's a surprise. Except for that unfortunate <laughs> time during COVID where we were all following the arrows. <laughs> Nobody was doing that. Nobody right? crossed paths in the aisles. <laughs> Um, this this next one, and as Scott mentioned, it's an all-grocery-store edition. It took place at a Sobeys, and I wish I had a specific location, but here we go. This is called, unfortunately called, The Spicy Chica. It's a man for woman. We definitely made eye contact. It was 5 p.m. today. I was grabbing some spices in the spice aisle. That's usually where they keep those. Usually, yeah. Did he need to say that? Probably not. I think we all know. <laughs> At least he didn't say something stupid like, I was grabbing spaghetti in the pasta aisle. <laughs> all right, thanks. I was grabbing some spices right beside the oranges, you know? <laughs> Everybody knows. Uh, we locked eyes a couple times. So I asked you, 
What's the difference between allspice and nutmeg? You didn't respond. So I asked again. Hey, what's the difference between allspice and nutmeg? You didn't budge. Me thinks you're playing hard to get. Me thinks you can't take a hint. <laughs> Maybe you thought I was talking to myself. So go ahead and reply with something about me and what I was wearing, and we can get together and spice it up. Oh, I don't think so, my no, friend. I no. don't think so. Um, maybe a little off topic, but what is the difference between nutmeg and allspice? <laughs> I, I don't know that either. If somebody asked me that in the grocery store, I'd probably be like, huh, I don't, I don't know. know how to explain it. I don't know. <laughs> Meet me in the wine section. I can tell you a thing or two, but can't tell you about that. Have fun. This guy, <laughs> it's one thing to put it out there. What, good Autumn for shooting his shot. Hey, what's the difference between Wait. allspice and nutmeg? <laughs> She didn't say anything. Like, dead, stone-cold silent. What do you think the second one sounded like? Was it like this? Like, I asked, what do you think the difference between allspice and nutmeg is? It was probably like a loud throat clear. <clears throat> I said, what's the difference? This guy's, a, he's a beauty. Maybe you can get together and spice it up. No, and you ended with a cheesy line, too. Researchers just discovered that winemaking began 11,000 years ago. Yep. To find out more, tune into the new Bravo show, The Real Housewives of Mesopotamia. As this year's award season gets underway, there's growing movement to get rid of the gendered categories of best actor and best actress and instead call them best actor and best actor who got paid less. <laughs> Get this, I heard that a scientist found a super rare Jurassic era insect at a Walmart in Arkansas. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's ancient. And good news, it was immediately hired as a greeter. The U.S. Energy Department concluded that COVID likely originated from a Wuhan laboratory leak and not a wet market. So I gave up eating bats for nothing? <laughs>